Welcome to episode 23 of the Babes Talking Business podcast. Today, we are so excited to have our good friend, Fraser Brooks, who is a second generation network marketing professional who was one of the very first people to use Facebook to build his business to over 300,000 customers in less than five years. After attending his first event in 1987 in the womb of his mother, as he describes, he went on to see his parents earn eight figures from this industry. And in 2010, he decided to follow their footsteps and begin his incredibly successful career. Today, he is a generic coach and speaker in the industry and recently attracted the attention of Eric Warre, being one of the keynote speakers of the 2018 famous annual industry event GoPro and one of the very first generic trainers to speak on the GoPro stage. What Fraser has been able to achieve since 2017 from starting up in the coaching space is absolutely phenomenal. He now runs Europe's number one community for network marketers, the Ninja Networker. He started the 6X Summit, the biggest generic event in Europe. And in the last two years, his trainings have been viewed by over 250 thousand network marketers from all over the world. He's spoken on stage in 20 different countries and has helped hundreds of thousands of networkers around the world to start, promote, and grow their businesses online. Today, we chat about all things business, building on social media, in particular, his secret to visibility online. He talks about his personal story of starting up in the industry and transitioning into the coaching space. We also touch on money mindset and his biggest lesson around earning and spending. In particular, he shares his rules around saving your income from this business and his personal lessons he's learned along the way. Make sure you find us on Instagram for a daily dose of business inspo over at Babes Talking Business, where we also do a shout out of the week every week. Leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think about this episode. And don't forget to leave your Instagram handle so we can tag you and shout you out as well. You can also check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com where we have loads more information, including upcoming events we have on this year all around the world. So without further ado, we are so excited to introduce to you this total rock star, Fraser Books. Welcome, Fraser, to our podcast. We're so excited to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super pumped. I'm super excited. And thanks so much for creating this. This is awesome. Oh, I'm just so excited to just dive into your brain today because... <laughs> I mean, Lottie and I have watched you on stage all around the world. How funny is that? But we've just decided to do this podcast online instead. <laughs> in person. And um, yeah, you just bring so much energy and fun, enthusiasm to this profession. And what you do is just so amazing. So I'm really excited to chat with you and learn from you today. <laughs> Hey, and likewise, you guys have created an incredible tribe and you're giving value just from, not just from this podcast, but I know tons of people around the world who have got massive value from you girls and inspiration, especially when I came over to Australia, just met so many people who, who raved about you guys and that, that, was, that was great to be there. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm always excited, but it's always good hanging out with people who want to better the lives of others and inspire and impact other lives as well. Totally. 
totally. I'm excited for people to have a laugh because not only are you just like <laughs> next level with business, but you make business fun and you make yeah. it relatable. Um, so I'm really excited for our, our listeners to be able to soak up your humor as well. <laughs> and no, pr- no pressure then. I like, <laughs> like, I've got, I've got, I've got to pull my best, I've got to pull my best gags out now. Great. Yeah, you. I hope you have like a note part of jokes next to you now because the pressure is on. <laughs> yeah, I used, I used to write write Christmas cracker jokes in my spare time. So like, yeah, no, not a chance. Oh, funny. Well, let's um, let's get our audience to get to know you a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you used to be in the network marketing profession and now you've transitioned into being one of the most well-known coaches in the world for mm-hmm. our industry. And so tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us about your background with how you started and yeah, just I'm mm-hmm. all equal. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, my, so my network marketing career started in 1987, uh, but I wasn't born until 1988. So people kind of go like, how, how the heck does that work? Well, my parents, my mum was pregnant with me. Um, my dad, he always used to say he was so broke, he couldn't afford to pay attention. Like he was just really bad in a bad situation. Um, so we had to rent out the spare rooms in his home uh, to be able to pay the bills. So there was a stranger in bedroom number two, stranger in bedroom number three, stranger in bedroom number four, a stranger in reception room number one, a stranger in reception room number two. And my dad wasn't very, like he's not very educated. So one day he walked downstairs and like the thought of reading a book or a newspaper was just like the most boring thing for him to do ever. Um, so one day he walked downstairs and on the, new, on the kitchen table, there was a, a newspaper and it was open up and he basically saw a picture of an Aston Martin and it said, I drive an Aston Martin, you can too. Like, you know, call this number. And at the top it said MLM, MLM, MLM. He thought, honestly, it, it, it makes me think like he must've been so stupid but he thought that MLM stood. He thought that MLM stood for Make Love Monthly. That's what he thought it stood for. And he was like, "Like I'm all over that. Like I'm in. I would love a bit of that." Which sounds weird because I'm talking about my own dad, right? But like he and my mum. But he then thought maybe it's Make Love Mondays. That's even better. That's four times a month. Like yes, victory. Um, so he called the number and, and found out that it was multi-level marketing. So I was in the womb, in the room when they went to their first ever presentation. Um, my dad was elbowing me in the head like a crazy person, you know, like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And they, they went on to be successful. The first two companies failed. The third one didn't. Um, and they ended up making millions and millions of dollars in, in a short period of time. And as a result of that, I traveled around the world listening, listening to cassette tapes of people like Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Earl Nightingale, all these like legends when you had to like halfway through it go, turn over to side B for more from Les Brown. And like, I'd be like, oh, throw it out the window. So boring, you know, as a kid. And then now I'm thinking like, I wish I had those cassette tapes because they were gold. Um, But then like uh, seeing what you needed to do to succeed, it really turned me off because my dad is like massively extroverted. And although I'm introverted, like I might come across as extroverted, like when I'm on stage and stuff, I'm actually very, very introverted. The The less number of people in the room, like, the more petrified I get because it's more intimate and I just, ugh, just makes me feel sick thinking about it. Um, but I've become a situ- situational extrovert, I suppose you could call it. Um, so I just decided to say like, no, it's not for me. So for four years, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, and the alternative for me was to go and become a construction manager. 
so I literally went and got a degree to become a construction manager. And yeah, I was about to go onto the building yard with a hard, like a, basically with a bright yellow hard hat and a high-vis high vest. Does, I don't look very good like that. Um, it's just not a good look. You don't smile when you're wearing that outfit. So I decided to join that marketing and I gave it a go and built it all on social media. And longs and shorts of it was I had a team of 300,000 customers in just under five years, all built starting social media. I was probably one of the first people to really embrace social media and create like a system in 2010, which sounds like ages ago, but in reality, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and now kind of pivoted and transitioned into the coaching space. So in a nutshell, I, hey, I could speak for hours about my, about the story, but that in a nutshell is kind of, is kind of what it's all about and, and where it's at to now. And the impact of the coaching side of things is just, it's just amazing. I, I love it. I'm just so, so blessed to be in the position that I'm in now. I love that. And I think it's really cool because we kind of get to pick your brain about two things today. We can talk about, mm-hmm. obviously, network marketing profession itself. That's somewhere that you grew up personally and professionally as well. And then how have you transitioned into your own business? Because essentially that's what you've got a beautiful multi-international um, online business now where you're coaching so many other people to do amazing things and make impact. Um, I'd love to know though, when you were, what kind of helped you make that jump to do network marketing right at the start where you've watched your parents to do it so, for so long? I know you said you're comparing it to the alternative. So was it just that that looked like an easier way of, creating what you wanted to create or easier than working on the tools or getting outside or what was it about the network marketing profession that kind of drew you in eventually you know what it was it wasn't called FOMO at the time because I don't think like FOMO existed but it was genuinely like the fear of missing out like I saw my parents traveling around the world and I was thinking they're traveling around the world making more in one week than I'm going to make in a year. And I'm going to be slogging. I'm going to be working so hard in England, which is just like not the greatest place to be working outside at all. You guys are lucky, right? You know, you, you guys live in such a great part of the world. Like I know we can all live there as if we wanted to, but you guys have just got it next level. Um, so yeah, that, that was part of it. But I learned to, you mentioned it before, like I ask myself every single day, if I don't do what I'm doing, what's the alternative? The question is always, what's the alternative? I asked in the morning and in the night, if I don't wake up tomorrow and do what I'm doing now, what else do I do? What's the alternative? And I asked that question of myself right at the beginning. I just said, hey, like, what's the alternative? If I don't do it, the alternative is me working on a construction yard in the freezing cold weather, wearing a hard hat and a high-vis vest. Like, I'm nah, I'm better than that. I can do more than that. But uh, I had to, I had to go through a lot of sacrifice and give up, give up a lot of the good stuff to get the great stuff, give up, give up a lot of the stuff that I liked to get the stuff that I love doing now. Which is, uh, yeah, it was a, a big process, but it was that the FOMO, the fear of missing out, and asking what the alternative was. So that's that's what made me kind of push me to do it. I love that, and well, tell us a little bit about that. Like, obviously your mom and dad were very successful. And so you kind of already had an insight into what it takes to build a successful network marketing business. So tell us about that journey of when you finally decided to say yes and what it took for you. What did you have to compromise? What did you, you know, I'm guessing you started when you were about 18 or thereabouts. And Mm -hmm. yeah, tell us about, you know, you saw your mom and dad do it. What did you do? Yeah, so I was I was actually 22, so I'd waste. It was the most expensive four years of my entire life. 
Like, because if, if I look at it now, like, I'd be four years ahead. And then I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's a lot of lives impacted I've wasted on. Um, so for me, I, because I'd gone around the event, I'd been to, I attended just under a thousand events before I actually joined the industry in network marketing, just in the prams as a toddler, you know, doing knee slides in front of the presentation while my dad's doing like the talk, whatever it was. Um, and all I kept hearing and all I remembered was it's a numbers game. 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 So I thought, well, my dad's like, you know, breaking his back, traveling up and down the country and around the world, just working the numbers. So I thought if I can just stay at home and find people like the people he's talking to and just pitch them, then I'll be able to smash this. So in four weeks, I spoke to 1,200 people. And when I say speak to them, I mean, I sent them a message saying like, hey, I noticed that we are like-minded individuals and you should check out my opportunity. In fact, here is a link, enter YouTube link. I know you're gonna have questions, but instead of answering your questions, why not join first and then ask the questions once you've joined? See you on the other side, thumbs up emoji. Right. And I would just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. And then I wouldn't change the name from Bob. And I'd send the name, I'd send the message that said Bob to a woman called Mary, right? Or like whatever the name was. And then they'd be like, My name's not Bob, my name's Mary. And I'd be like, Oh. And of the twelve hundred people, the twelve hundred people I messaged, I had a grand total of zero join. And I went down to, I was four weeks, I got thrown in Facebook jail after all this, all this effort, and I just thought, this is it's not gonna work for me, this. So instead of me going, instead of me just ignoring my dad and just like leaving home and then, you know, trying to hide from my dad and, you know, being one of those people who like, oh yeah, it, it just doesn't work that thing. Like stay away from me, stay away. I decided that I went down to my dad's office and said, dad, it's just not for me. I, I quit. Um, and I never forget the words he told me because it was so, it was so bizarre, but it, it changed everything for me. And he literally said, okay, phrase, let's rob a bank. And I was like, Sorry, sorry, set again. Like, let's rob a bank. And at this time, I'd had that was my ticket, like, in terms of metal marketing was my only hope to not have a normal life. And I thought, yeah, sod it. Let's do it. I want to rob a bank. Like, I can get the balaclava, the shotgun. He said, well, what else do we need? I went, getaway car, like a team. I've got some mates who are in the same situation as me. We've got this. Like, we'll get, they'll get the ha hacksaw and sh like saw the end of the shotgun off so it's got a bigger spray. So if we shoot and we're not very good, shoot. Like, Ooh. genuinely, like, I, was, I was mapping it out. Like I was like, I'm, let's do this. I know the right bank. Like, this is going to be amazing. Like, I know one of the lads, Dave, he'd be so sick at this. He can lead it. Like, he'll get a cut of the share. I mean, my dad was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're getting way too carried away here. And I can literally, I can, I can literally, I'm, I'm back there now because it was such an important part in my life. Yeah. And he said, no, no, no. Network marketing are like, network marketing and people are like banks. Everyone has their own vault and what's inside their vault is different. It's your job to go out there and find what's in other people's vaults. So for example, Fraser, what do you want? I want to not work on the, on the construction site. Why don't you want to work on the construction site? Because I want to travel the world. Why do you want to travel the world? Because I want to get a tan. Why do you want to get a tan? Because it makes you feel better. Why do you want to feel better? Because I'm going to create good memories. So in reality, you don't want to leave. The, you don't just want to leave your job. You want to create memories. So that's what's in your vault. So I said, okay, great. So I've got to get to know people. And he said, yeah. So I then, based on that, I created a system and I spoke to 12,000 people of which five, just under 500 of them said yes. And that turned into the 300,000 customers. But my dad didn't tell me to rob a bank. Uh, I wouldn't, I'd be, I'd be working on a construction site right now. I, I genuinely would. Um, so that was the moment that it kind of changed for me. 
Um, yeah. I've, I've got goosebumps from that story. <laughs> that <laughs> crazy. Yeah, what an incredible. Yeah. So, so pivotal to the decision making process. It's kind of like a sliding doors. Hey, if you didn't, if your dad didn't tell you to rob a bank, where would we be now? So, um, incredible job. I mean, 300,000. That's just like, I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like in terms of like how many humans that is in one room. But, <laughs> Like, what an incredible job, Phrase. And obviously, I mean, for you to build a business of that size, an organisation like that, you would have needed insane duplication. Yeah. Hence why I believe you're one of the best coaches in the world teaching people how to do this business. And so I'd love to get your insights on the word duplication because obviously it's such an important um, skill to have in this industry and you obviously have nailed it with the way that you've done this and in the way that you teach people what's mm -hmm. your take on duplication and and how important do you think it is mm -hmm. yeah so like I'm gonna tell I, I love telling stories it's like one thing if I could if I could give the skill one skill to every network marketer it would literally be the skill of telling stories so clearly that you actually feel like you're in the room or wherever you are. It's, it's so, it's so important. It's like, if you could master anything, that is the skill. It really is. Um, so I remember I was about 14 years old and I was really, really big into athletics, like really big. So I was doing like 100 meters, 200 meters, 400 meters, 800 meters, all of that triple jump, all that sort of stuff. And I remember my, I remember my um, PE teacher, athletics teacher, he, he said something, he said, I don't remember the exact, times involved but he said right the average person at your age group runs the 100 meters in 15 seconds and he said do you want to be above average or below average everyone was saying i want to be above average so we'd run it and the people who would beat the fact the 15 15 seconds he would then say right the top 10 percent of people who run the 100 meters in your age group run it under 14 seconds so what was I doing? I was busting my back. I was breaking my back. I was hustling to try and beat the 14 seconds. And then I did it, right? So he was like, you're now in the top 10%. Now for you to be in the top 1%, you have to run under 13 seconds. So what was I doing? I was trying to beat 13 seconds all the time. So based on that, I had like an epiphany. I had like an aha, I had like a bingo moment. When I was growing my business, I was thinking, I've got to make people know and appreciate how they can be above average. Because if if they, do, if they know that, they will strive for it. So what happened was, is I was recruiting loads of people and I wasn't giving them the time. I was just like, right, chuck enough rubbish against the wall. There's another word for rubbish, but chuck enough rubbish against the wall and see which, which sticks. And that didn't really work for me. Um, so what I decided to do is I decided to create like a, a, like a few steps that people would follow. So the first one would be write your list. If you're in network marketing, you've heard that before, right? You just join, write your list. Um, so people wrote the list. Now, what I would say, is I would say to people, hey, the average person writes their list in 48 hours. Are you above average or below average? They would say above average. Yeah, I'm above average. Okay, cool. Well, 48 hours from now, we're going to have a, our next call, right? By then, I guess that you're going to be, um, you would have written your list. So 48 hours would pass. There'd be three types of people and three types of people only. The first type of the people who, missed the call 
they don't make this they don't make that second call oh, oh I, I, I couldn't make it sorry little bobby's got sick sick or like i just i burnt the chips and i have to make it up to my husband or like the dog ate my computer and my phone and like i don't know how i'm messaging you now i'm just sending it via pigeon mail i don't know all of that the second type the second type of people are the people who make the call 48 hours great congratulations you get a six out of ten on that exam or you get a seven out of ten maybe you get a b on that exam you've done what i've asked you to do now the third type of people are the people who i'm going to work with because those are the people who ring me up two hours after the first conversation and go hey like i i, I know i know you said it takes 48 hours and we've got a call scheduled but i can't wait like i've done it i've got my list i've got 178 people on there like i'm super pumped what's the next step i'm like yes because action is not through your words actions through your actions you know, talk is cheap. I don't care what someone's going to say they're going to do. I care what they actually do. What, what have you put on? Show me the results. And results come from activity. So that's how I got around duplication. And it was nuts because it took me some time to, took me some time to kind of create that principle after messing it up a few times. But when I got it down, I started a new team. And it was a team in a country called Kazakhstan. Uh, Shani, you've probably, you've probably been there. Um, Johnny, you've probably been there because you've been to like uh, every single country. I think you've even invented a country to just travel to it just to put some points on the board, right? And I used this principle and we had 120,000 customers in 13 months using this duplication. It was, it was, it was mad. It was really, really mad. If you can imagine 10,000 customers a month, like from basically zero uh, for 13 months, it was just, it was just mental. But when everyone follows the same principle, when everyone follows like a unified system, Crazy, thing, crazy things happen. Um, it really, really does. And it's just simple, simple language to use. It's very, very easy. That makes you go from a boss, do this, do that, do this, do that. Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? To like, no, step up. There's the assignment. I'm holding you accountable. You take action. That's it. It's cool because it makes people kind of self-select, doesn't it? They get, to, they get to decide what level they want to play at. And you're kind of giving them that space to be like, here it is. Here's a step. Here's a space if you want to step into it. So, mm -hmm. I'd love to know from your personal experience, obviously working in the profession, also now coaching professionals in the profession. Mm -hmm. From your experience, what have you found kind of makes those people who become the five ten percent and who have all the success? Like, have you certain found certain characteristics or certain traits or habits that you feel really has helped them create the success that they have? Yeah, for sure. So two things come to mind in particular, just, just from thinking off the top of my head, is the first one is the number of start-stops people have. And what I mean by that is how many times do you work, 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 stop, and then restart, like work, 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 work. So the successful people tend to have like two or three stops a year. So like, I know you've got to take time to reflect, but like half a day is fine. Like a full day, oh, no, that's a stop right? It's like rolling the ball up the hill and then you stop, ah, just see where it ends up. It's going to be right down the bottom again. So that's the first one. The second one really, and you guys do this so well, right? Is, is the culture, right? The people who have got the strongest teams and the strongest incomes are the people in the teams who have got the biggest culture. And it, it's, it's very, very simple. It's very, very simple, but it, it, it's important. In fact, I've got a saying that the strength of the team is determined by the strength of the storm they overcome, right? So if you've got a team who are on the boat, if you can imagine we're, we're going we're gonna to take the boat and we're going to go to Success Island, where I'm, I'm sure you've been to uh, before, like you've been to everywhere. So right, we go, we're going on the boat, we're all on the boat, right? And there's a massive storm that's going to hit. We're super close, but a storm's coming, 
Like, if you don't build the culture, most people will just bail off the boat. Like, nah, man, no way am I. We're never going to survive that. That's bad. Because storms come in every business. Nothing goes up. Everything that goes up must come down, right? It's impossible for it to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. It's just impossible. Everything goes goes up, has to reset and come back down again. So, yeah, so building that culture creates that strength and unity of, I don't care. I've got her back. I've got his back. I'll do what I have to do to make sure they're happy. I'll do, I'll do whatever he has to do in order to make this happen. It's, it's culture. So the answer to your question is, is just keep going and keeping the momentum up. Keep going. Personal momentum comes before group momentum. Group momentum comes before company momentum. When your company is in momentum or your group is in momentum, whatever you do just turns to gold. It's quite a fascinating thing. Um, and it's very rare that it happens. Uh, but making sure you create that culture. And I believe it's the most it's the biggest income producing activity that's not known as an income producing activity is creating the culture and videoing it and documenting it nowadays, honestly, being with authenticity and genuinity being so, so strong. I believe the best prospecting tool is sending a seven minute video, which is you guys on a yacht, you guys at a barbecue, you guys at an event, just having a laugh but then sharing testimonials of i joined this i joined this movement i joined this tribe i joined this xyz xyz years ago um and it's, it's changed my life like that's what people want they, they thrive off fun and adventure you know it's it, life's boring unless you have unless you do something different and you, and you strive for adventure so yeah i'm a big fan of creating culture big fan of that love it you have an incredible incredible tribe yourself with um with the ninja network you're like your people love you you're like their god right it's amazing <laughs> bring it you just bring the culture i definitely resonate with what you've just said um i obviously with you having started in this industry in 1987 <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the womb in the and Having, having seen, um, <laughs> I'm going to use, I love that line, in the womb, in the room. Um, you know, having seen your parents and the way they built their business and you going into building your business and now being a coach, what, how has network marketing changed? Because Loz and I have been in the industry, like we're babies, we've been in this industry for three years or less. And um, what's changed? I mean, now we're all about social media and building online. What was it like 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Like, I'd love to know. Yeah. Well, I still can't believe you guys have only been in for three years. That's like, that's actual insanity. Like, we were in Vegas and you were on the GoPro stage. Like, what? Like, it's, it's, it's nuts. And that's, you know, hats off to you guys. That's, that's incredible. Massive achievements that you've both achieved. Um, so I, I like to liken it to dating, right? So... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, if you wanted to get a date, you would call your mate up and you would go to the local bar that's usually got sticky floors. The, the Aussies in the... Every time I say that, the Aussies in the English go, yeah, I know the bars with the sticky floors. Like, nowhere else knows the bars with the sticky floors. Like, I, I, so if you watch it, if you're listening to this and you are not from Australia or the UK, sticky floors, basically people spilling their drinks uh, yeah. and it's just creating a sticky floor. Um, so anyway, but you guys wear your thongs and your flip-flops and all that. So I don't know what that's like. We use, like, we actually wear shoes, like leather and like, you know, so we actually don't feel it. But you guys must just tear off peels of peels. Anyway, I'm not going to carry on with that bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 
Right, so 15, 20 years ago, we would go out with our friends, we would go to the local pub, we would find, we'd, be like, we'd have the shots, we'd have the beer, we'd have the whatever you drink 10, 15, 20 years ago, not Jaeger bombs, right? Then we would, we would go, ooh, she's stunning, she's incredible. So your friend would give you an elbow and go, go on, go on, go speak to her, go on, I dare you, go speak to her. And you're like, okay, right, one shot, bang, right, Dutch courage, woo, let's go. You look absolutely stunning, I would love to buy you a drink. She slaps you in the face because you're absolutely rat arsed right? Sorry. Um, but you're, you're just, you're smashed. But then you go to a friend. Oh, a friend's not bad either. So you go ask a friend the same thing. And she says, yes. Then you go dancing. The lady in red comes on, you twirl her around, you do all the whole dancing stuff. Everything's great. At the end of the night, your friend's like, let's go. Then she, you're saying to her, hey, can I have your number? You get a napkin out. She gets her like eyeliner. She writes her number on. It's a bit you can't really see it. it's a bit smudged you call the number the next day and it goes the number of you have called has not been recognized and you're like oh no next weekend you go out back you do the same process right and then you find someone who wants to go on a date so you have date number one date number two date number three date number four date number five you go back to your place you go back to their place whatever it might be the lights on the lights off whatever right you move in together you get a dog you get down on one knee you get married you have kid number one you have kid number two you have kid number three you maybe stop there you event grow old with the family you create a culture with your family you then eventually your kids grow older they have the kids of their own blah 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 nowadays it's a little bit different because nowadays people aren't leaving their home they're just getting their phone out of their pocket going onto tinder and they're just swiping left and swiping right so the point of what i'm saying is is that network marketing used to be a talking business and now it's a talking and typing business if i was to match someone or one of my friends was to match someone on on tinder or match.com or even on facebook whatever it might be to begin with they're typing and texting like, hey, what, what are your interests? What are you into? Where are you based? Until there's a common ground, like, hey, we're pretty much the same. We should probably meet up. You're not going to get married to someone unless you meet up with them, right? So social media has changed the, all of the beginning. It's changed the whole beginning of the process with network marketing and dating. But the fundamentals of meeting up, attending the events, inviting, all of that sort of stuff right? And getting started, all of that, the fundamental skills that Eric Worre talks about in his book, GoPro, all of those things can't be ignored. Um, so the beginning part of the process has changed phenomenally, but the core principles are still the same as when, you know, the greats like Jeff Roberti and Bill Britt and all, all these legends in the industry of network marketing uh, used all those, all those years ago. So yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. It has changed a lot, but um, you know, I, I used to, I used to have to create information packs. So my dad would come off the phone, he'd ring a bell and he'd say, we've got another one. So it was someone who responded to his newspaper advertisement and we would go into the dining room. There'd be a big table with eight stacks of paper. You take one piece of paper from each stack. You'd have eight pieces of paper. You put them in an envelope. My dad at the end of the day would take four, five, six, seven, eight of these packs. He would send them off to these different people. Then a week later, he'd follow up and say, Hey, has it arrived yet? Yeah, it did. But the dog got it. Oh, what a shame. Now, if someone says they're interested, you just send them a link. Like, it's so much faster. Now it's so much faster. It's, it's, it's insane how fast it is. But with that comes other issues and problems. You know, people trying to shortcut the process and not going on the dates and all that. So asking people to marry them, you know, even if they're already married to someone else. And yeah, without even, yeah, bothering to take the time. Liz metaphors phrase they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really are though. I like to think of us like the brat pack. I think because we've we've come in 
in the time of technology and a lot of us don't don't realize how far the profession has become and the tools we have to make it easier for us that when I hear people complaining about how hard it is I'm like yeah look this isn't easy but I think about how much easier we have it um Mm -hmm. especially for like you said I, I, I find it's actually really common for a lot of network marketing professionals we are introverts I find that we've we've kind of find we make ourselves like you said situational extroverts we, we make ourselves push our comfort zones but i really loved building my business online for that exact reason is i still get to be my introverted self like i still get to hide behind the screen but it does get to that point where you date you're going back and forth and you're like okay let's go catch up for a coffee and i think that's what i love about our babes and business community is we have created such a beautiful culture and community that it is so much fun getting offline and catching up with our girls and travels a big one of our values i think we've got over, I think there's a four, is there two and a half thousand of us now sharing around all around the world. So it's really cool being able to catch up with different girls when we travel and going to, we went to Vegas, obviously caught up with you in Vegas. We had Bali, um, Chen's catching up with the girls in Sacramento in a couple of months. So I can totally resonate how much easier we have getting, meeting girls online, but we have so much more fun offline. Yeah. I- I love it. It's it's just, it's such an incredible model for you to just have adventure in your life. And again, as we said before, adventure is everything. Like it creates memories and memories is, I mean, usually if I, if I get people in a room uh, and there's like maybe 200 people in a room, I'll ask a question, like literally, and guys, if you're listening to this, like ask, answer the question yourself. So you can either have $10 million and I'll deposit, in, I'll deposit it into your bank account right now, but you're not allowed to leave your local, your city area for 10 years, or you're not going to get a $10 million and you can travel anywhere with whoever you want, however you want, whenever you want for 10 years, I'll pay for it. And I'll just make sure that the interest on all of your bills and all that is just taken care of, right? What do you choose? 99% of every single room, there's always one or two, but 99% of every single room chooses the lifestyle, chooses to travel. And in network marketing, too many people are focused on the money when in fact it's the adventure, it's the lifestyle that we want to live, right? So there's that, there's that word, the word why. Like ask yourself, what's your why? And the why is an acronym for what hurts you. So what hurts you? Working on the construction yard. Why? Why does that hurt you? Because don't get to live the life I want. Why, why does that hurt you? Because I want to live... I want to travel the world. Why do you want to travel the world? Because I want to create memories. Okay, cool. So you don't want to, you know, it's not that the fact of the construction yard because you're not, you know, creating the memories. So yeah, why, 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 why? Yeah, I love that. And it's, I love what you said before about um, like choosing your alternative because I feel like that's exactly where I was and that's what drove me to this business because it was like I could keep doing what I was doing. I studied, I did my psych degree. I was working in a government job and, the same thing I could keep doing that for 50 years of my life and doing 50 hours a week and yeah like that's that's okay but mm-hmm. or I could do this and every time I have a bad day or I have an off day because this isn't easy this profession isn't easy it's fun um but you definitely have to grow and stretch yourself and every time I have one of those days I love what you said cause that's how I catch myself and kind of put things in perspective I'm like what's my alternative like I personally don't like social media but I understand it's a tool and I'm like well I can put some time aside to create a really nice post or I can go back and spend six hours writing an affidavit, which one's easier. It's like constantly putting my alternatives to kind of help me have the perspective. Um, So that's a tool that's really helped me along the way is yeah. Choosing my alternative to help, help me kind of put things in a, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's powerful. I mean, one, one thing that I do, I've, I've never really, I've never used to be a big morning ritual kind of guy. Um, but as the years kind of progressed, I realized how important it was. And, um, 
I honestly, like, I used to be a massive loser growing up, like, huge. And I never, one of the things that I've got, like, a 3H principle um, is always remain humble, remain honest to yourself, and remain hungry for more. That's kind of my, like, my, my kind of, like, principle and philosophy in life. But every morning whilst I'm brushing my teeth, we, we all have that, like, bathroom mirror. I will literally get the L sign on my hand, and I'll put it up against my forehead. I'm doing it now. For those of you who are listening to this, I'm actually doing it now. You can do it, too, if you want. Right, and I'll hold it up, and I'll look at myself. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And I hold it up myself, and I will be brushing my teeth. This is actually hilarious. Um, I'll be brushing my teeth, and I will actually say, "Remember before, <laughs> remember before." That's actually funny. Just take the photo, right? Before I'm gonna hold it down, but <laughs> but be, be, when I see you again next time, remember you're a loser. You're a loser. Make sure that when I see you next time, you've done something today that makes someone say, "Ah, oh, that lad, that lad, he's a legend." And then in the, in the nighttime, when I'm brushing my teeth before I go to bed, I'll look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, today you're a legend. Uh, tomorrow, though, when you wake up, you're a loser again. And that just kept, it kept pushing me to just continue to just keep going, right? Whose life can I impact today? Whose life can I impact today? Because one thing I learned is if your mission means more to you than your commission, then you, you never, ever, ever have to worry about the commission, ever. Um, we, the, the goal of life is to help other people help other people. That's what everyone's focus should be. How you do that, whether it's through health and wealth or travel or lifestyle adventure, however you do that, that's up to you for finding that. But you've got to have, you've got to have that mission. You've, you just have to. It's everything. I love that. That's such a powerful line. I love that when your mission means more than your commission. I love that phrase. I haven't heard you say that before. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been saving, I've been saving it for you girls. <laughs> Um, and well, going, going back to social media, for those of you who don't know phrase, make sure you jump on Facebook right now and go and find him. He's incredible. Phrase, what I love about what you do is you just give so much value to everyone on your Facebook, um, mm -hmm. and, and everywhere. And I think that's such an incredible part of business these days, whether you're in coaching or network marketing or any type of business, I think that the value that you give your audience is really it, to stick out from the crowd is mm -hmm. so, so important. And so tell us about social media. What's it like, you know, building online for anyone in business, not necessarily network marketing, but tell us a little bit about building on social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's first of all, it's important that like to understand that short term vision equals short term, short term income, long term vision equals long term income, like you've got to have a long plan. Um, and the rule is the person who gives the most value is usually the person who wins. Right? Uh, because if I if I give one person a, like a bingo moment, they don't forget that moment, and they don't forget who they learned it from. So they'll come back to that same person to try and learn and see another bingo moment. It's really bad, but it's kind of like gambling in a way. It's a bit of a weird analogy, but it's like you go into the casino and go into the roulette wheel. I mean, we were all recently in Las Vegas. So you go into the roulette wheel and you're having a big win and you're like, yes, $200. Like, woohoo, I won. I'm super, super pumped. Great, great, great. The next night, you probably go back to the same roulette wheel to try your luck again, right? You don't forget that time when you had that big win right? So giving the value is super important. So social media is all about, it's the story we create through the content that we produce. Like that's it. And you two are really good at that. 
I love following your journey just from seeing the posts that you make. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to post 17 times a day. You don't have to post what you're eating for food and you know, that your dog's just got a new lead and you know, you've, you've bought pedigree chum for the, for its dinner or whatever. You don't need to be doing all that. You just need to show the highlight of your day. And I actually, I actually, I I don't like social media so much but I love the attention that it can bring. And I don't mean like, oh yeah, look at me, look at me. I love it, the fact that I can make a post whilst I'm actually sat on the toilet. I know it's disgusting, but it's multitasking, right? Whilst I'm sat on the toilet and by the time I'm finished, a hundred people have liked it and loved it and shared it. And I'm like, great, impact on the toilet, brilliant. <laughs> like, it's like, if, but it's duplicatable, right? You, and you don't, have to, you don't have to have a six part. I know you girls are in like incredible shape, but I, I don't. Like, I don't have I don't have abs on my shins like these girls do. I don't I don't like you know, but I can still I can still give value. Everyone's got some sort of value to share. Like every single person and value. I mean, I'm in the network marketing space, right? Everything that's being told about network marketing has been said. There's only old people making old mistakes and new people making old mistakes. There are no new mistakes to make in network marketing. So when it comes to a when it comes to a teaching side of things, you don't teach anything new. You just share your opinion of it, right? You just share your opinion of it and people fall in love with that. So if you're building on social media, regardless what industry you're in, think of the way how you can offer value consistently and over a long period of time because consistency beats intensity. If you just go hard for a week on giving value, people will forget you in a few months. You've got to do one or two really good things every single week. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. If you've got no inspiration, go on Google Images and just type something in your niche, followed by the word quotes, and just find a quote and then just post it like you've written it. And then just in the comments put like, oh, I learned this from blah, blah, blah. Right? Just, just go do it because eventually consistency will lead to visibility. Visibility will lead to likability. Likability will lead to credibility and credibility will lead to profitability right? It's all about turning strangers into friends, friends into family. People become raving fans. They share your message. And then you've got people whilst you're asleep saying, hey, go check out his stuff. Go check out her stuff. Listen to that podcast. It's flipping awesome. Read that book, blah, 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 blah. Um, and eventually the fulfillment you get from seeing someone message you saying, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be. That keeps you going for another year. And you get it again, another year and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And then eventually it happens 100, 200 times a day. And it's just like, what did I do to deserve all this? Um, and yeah, but if you give, you'll get simple. I think it's so cool because I know some part, a big part of my journey too is I think a lot of people go through it in business. So obviously, if you're your own boss, and obviously a lot of us in network marketing, that's what we are. We are our own bosses. Mm -hmm. A part of that is actually accepting and receiving income. Like we do business to make profitability, like you said. And I love how you said essentially it's, it's all about adding value. And I think it took me a good 12 months because I had this charge around a money mindset of understanding that at the end of the day, money is just an exchange of value. The more value you give out, the more lives you impact that comes back to you. So um, I'd love to know like what, a lot of people have this charge on sales or have this charge on um, even in business, in money mindset. Have you had your own journey with money along, whether it's in network marketing or it's in your own business now and being okay to receiving because of all the value you are putting out? I was terrible with money. Like so bad that I actually created something called the Top Income Trap, which is an acronym which stands for TIT, uh, which in the UK, if you're a TIT, it means you, well, you're a bit of an idiot. 
Um, so the thing is with network marketing and this, I'm so happy you asked this question because I don't get to address it enough because not many people answer that question. And that's why I'm pumped to be doing this podcast because I knew you guys would be bringing in the best, best questions. And if you're listening, guys, I hope you're getting value from this and I hope it's worth your time. Um, I'm super excited to be having your attention for the, for the, for the, for the, you know, the past few minutes we've been here. So basically what happened to me is I was taught, get a vision board. Right? And we're all taught to do that, and it's really good for visualization. But the problem in network marketing is, is your, your business can literally grow at such a fast rate that you never expect it will fall down. You just think it's, it's just going to grow forever. And my vision was I, was, I was 23 at the time. I drove a, a, a Mini Cooper, and I loved it. It was my favorite car, but it, I literally, the engine kind of shattered on the motorway. and I needed to get a new car. It was quite a bad experience, but I needed to get a new car. So on my vision board was a black, sporty, three-series BMW. I can't forget it. It was really, really sporty. And I was at the car garage, and I saw the exact one. Like, I was like, wow, like, I've got to buy it. But at the time, I was crushing it, but I couldn't really afford it. Like, I couldn't really afford it, so I'd have to stretch myself. Anyway, I bought the car. I was only 23 at the time. I had no savings or anything like that. Um, but I bought this car, like, based on the, on the lease. Anyway, my business was going up. And that which goes up must come down. So the company I was with got featured on like primetime island television for being a pyramid scheme, which was complete and utter nonsense. And my team went from like five or 6,000 people to five people, five people. The company didn't, no one really knows the story, but the company didn't pay us for 18 months. I didn't earn a single penny for 18 months. Like no one on the team got, imagine being with a company and not being paid for 18 months. You probably wouldn't be with it, but I believed in it. And as a result, I, and it, it was tough, but it makes me who I am now. My best friend asked me to be his best man. And I remember it and it was like one of the proudest moments. When, when you're asked to be a best man, it's like, it's a really proud moment. And then that, once the proud moment settles in, you're like, oh no, I've got to arrange this, 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 like, oh, stress. It's like, I, why? Like, I, don't, I don't really want to do it now. Um, so I remember him saying that. He said, I want to have the stag do in Amsterdam. And I was like, okay, nice. And we're going to get married in Mallorca. I'm like, awesome, love it there. So I then started looking at my bank balance and thinking, I've got a decision to make here. I can only afford to go on the stag do or to the wedding, but I have to do both. I have to sell the car. So I had to sell the car. And I even my mates don't know this. I had to sell the car and put on a brave face to my team. They're like, oh, I'm selling the car because I don't need it anymore. Like, I'm not going to any meetings anymore. I'm doing it all online. And deep down, I was thinking, oh, this is painful. But what I learned from that experience was that you should never change your lifestyle for at least five years in network marketing, right? Yes, if you're on the streets, right, and you're homeless, you're going to have to change it a little bit. But you, should, you shouldn't need to. Network marketing for the first five years, just stash it keep the money, stash it, invest it in whatever you do, whether it's investing in yourself to begin with, then using that to buy the stocks and shares, the properties, whatever it might be. But your lifestyle shouldn't need to change. Just because you get a $10,000 a month check, it doesn't mean you have to live a $10,000 a month lifestyle, right? Because in life, we, can, might, we might be lucky to have one, two, maybe three moments of momentum. If you're lucky to have one, two or three, then you're really, really lucky. You've done significant work to make that happen. And usually in momentum, you can create a large amount of wealth, but it depends what you do with that wealth that's going to determine the rest of your life. Don't mess it up. I did, and I learned from it, and I'll never make that mistake ever again, and it's kept me humble. 
if someone told me that hungry dog hungry dogs run faster I, if i could I show really you love that we've touched on this though because it's funny and maybe they'll listen to this but there's a couple of um pretty successful income earners in our business who made i gave them i was nice enough to give them a lift in my car and they made this sneaky remark about why have i not upgraded my car yet and I was like, do you not, do you not have financial literacy? Like it's, it's a dead asset, like it's a dead asset. It's depreciating. Like I've got the money, my dream, one of my cars that I want, it's a Jeep. People know this. People are probably wondering why have I not bought it yet? I'm like, it's still on my vision board. Although I've got the money there. I'm smart about it. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that until I've got all my investments set up or I've bought my family home. Like at the moment, my Mazda's fine. I work from home. I go to the beach every single morning I don't need to go anywhere. So why would I spend my awesome paycheck on a car that's going to sit in my garage and I might drive around twice a week just so somebody like, oh my God, nice car. Um, so it's funny how I can, there's a lot of people I've seen who've created an income really quick and they've splashed it so it looks really fancy. But I'd, I'd love to know if they're setting themselves up so they do have a safety net. So they do have um, equity in their house and in their, in their actual assets. Um, so I love that we've had this conversation because I think it's really important that network marketing is a really awesome vehicle to create a cash, like a, like a cash flow. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's what I love even more about it is surrounding yourself with people who have, have financial literacy and know what to do with it, know how to set yourself up. And I think Shen and I, that's why I'm really passionate about having this podcast is to educate people about different streams of income. But we're really lucky that we are really young. We're only in our twenties. Shen just turned 30 last year. Um, but we've been able to set ourselves up like really early on and it is, it's very, there's a lot of girls on our team. So we have a young team who are creating income really quickly. So I love that we're having this conversation because that's personally something I'm really, really passionate about. And I know Shani is too. Yeah. And I, I love that. I've always followed like that. I, I kind of got into the trap of I buying things to impress other people. Um, that's what I was doing. And then I got into the habit of nah, like no, buy things that impress me. And that tends not to be the material things. It was the adventure. It was the experiences. Like, I don't want to, if the culture is based on money, it will not last. If the culture is based again on lifestyle, experience, adventure, memories, it will last a very, very, very long time because people don't want to lose a good thing with all these memories they're creating. Hey, wasn't that year amazing? We did this, 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 this. Not, hey, what was that? Wasn't that year amazing? I remember when I went to the Rolex store and bought that watch. It was great. Like, <laughs> No, no. So yeah. On my mindset journey too with money, which is what like we teach our we do invest a lot in our team to help them have a healthy relationship with money as well, is that your net worth is a reflection of your self-worth. So when we can have like at least three months worth of saving behind you, you're you're more confident and you have a different posture and you're not being reactive and you you just come across with a different a different vibe. Because I know when I was struggling or when I was at uni or when I was working full time, I didn't have that money behind me. It definitely, it influences the situation you put yourself in. It influences on what you say yes to. Um, so I really love that. I think that that in itself is a confidence that you, you can't get anywhere else if you do have that finances behind you. You have that safety net. Um, and I get at the end of the day, that's what they call financial freedom, isn't it? If you can survive a certain amount of time or having that money behind you where you're not reactive if you lost a job, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm, exactly it's awesome so friends before we let you go um thank you so much for your time by the way i know we've gone a little bit over so i really appreciate your time um good. you've written a book it's called i dare you tell us a little bit about it yeah so i i 
I got challenged, to be fair, by, by people in the industry, one of which being the godfather, Eric, Eric Warwick. Um, he said, like, dude, you've got to write a book. Like, it changes everything. And I was like, uh, okay. And I'd, I'd written, like, 20% of a book, and it just kept getting dragged on. And my goal, again, is, is I believe unity creates clarity, and, and clarity creates just a thriving environment. So... I went through Eric Warrior's book and I looked at it and went, he sold nearly 3 million copies, over 3 million copies of that book. And everyone in network marketing, if you tell them, hey, what are the seven skills in network marketing? Pretty much everyone who's been around it for a few years can tell you the seven skills. So I was like, all right, well, that's, that's the process. It's the system, but it's so basic. It's like, so, but then I, so I quizzed him and I said like, hey, like it's so basic. He said, exactly. That's what people need. Just the basic skills. So I said, okay, well, if I write my book, like the GoPro for social media, like, will you, be, will you be cool with that? And he was like, that's what we need. That's what the industry needs. So I created the book. It's kind of like my five-stage process with a lot of my story in it. The, I call it mind flow because I believe sets like concrete flows like a river. And you, your, mind, your mind flow should adapt to the surrounding and not be like, bam, slab of concrete. Um, so I, yeah, I, I wrote it. It's really, really short read. It's, you can read it in like two hours. But everyone who's read it, it literally launched like seven days ago and the feedback from the people who have got it and received it so far has been, has been absolutely amazing. And Eric got his copy literally this morning. Uh, so he was like, oh, I've read a chapter, really good. Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> I'm like, yes, come on, promote it to your list. I don't think he will, but yeah, it, it's all good. So yeah, I'm super proud of it. It's, uh, I only got a chance to reflect about over the weekend and looking at the books thinking, shit, I actually wrote a book. Um, like, how did I do that? Um, but every, every master was once a disaster. You have to, you, you are going to be your worst before you become your best. But every hit was a shit before. Um, sometimes you'll go from shit to hit to shit to hit again. Um, it just happens. I've, I've just basically barreled up all those swear words for the entire time and I just let loose on the five. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, I'm super grateful for it and yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up. You having giving us some of your time to and sharing your light and your laughter with us. And just thank you for being an awesome friend and mentor in the profession as well. We really appreciate you and everything you do for the wider community too. Oh, thank yeah. you. I mean, a lot. My cheeks are sore from laughing and smiling. <laughs> 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 oh, thank you so much, Fraze. We love you. You're amazing. And um, we can't wait to catch up with you again in, on the Gold Coast really soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's what I feel in my heart.